You're listening to the Christy G Podcast with me, your host, Christy G. Here I sit and talk with some of the most funny, talented, and inspiring people on the planet. So sit back and enjoy this newest episode. Hey everybody, hello. I am really excited to share another episode where I talk to two amazing friends of mine about the very, very important movement known as Black Lives Matter. I want to use this podcast as a platform for voices to be heard and information to be put out into the world about equality. I understand as a white girl in California, I don't really have the knowledge or the voice to speak about these the way that they are meant to be spoken about. I hope that makes sense. So in order to spread knowledge and hope and information and all of that goodness, I am talking to friends of mine who do have the voices and stories that we can learn from and all of that goodness. So um, yes. Oh, the last episode, I talked to my friend Lloyd Vines about the movement as well. And it was super, super awesome. I really enjoyed having the conversation with him. It was hard. I mean, these, these conversations are not easy, um, but I learned so much. And so many of you have given me great feedback and love the episode. So thank you so much for those of you who have heard it. If you have not heard it, please check it out. It is really, really, really good. And um, Lloyd is amazing. And I think everyone should know him and learn more about the Black Lives Matter movement. Okay, so in this episode, I am talking with my friends Keldeen and Orlando. I met Keldeen, or as I call her, Kelly Bean, like Jelly Bean, when I worked in high-end retail out here in LA. She and I would spend many, many days, just the two of us, at a store on Sunset Boulevard, talking, listening to Muse, her favorite band, and we would also kind of brainstorm about writing projects that we both had. Kelly is an author of a children's book called The Lonely Old Record Store. It's a tale about, um, sorry, my brain. <laughs> it's a tale about how a trip to a record store leads Piper and Max to a magic record player that transports them back in time with each record they play. Their time-traveling adventure of a lifetime takes them to the 1960s, the 1940s, and even the 1920s. While figuring out how to get home, they get to see and hear some of the most iconic musicians of all time. So I will obviously for sure get her back on the show to talk about this book. It is amazing. I will link it in the show notes so you can go support her and read the super cute and fun book for yourself. And then um, I met Orlando at my gym Equinox. Orlando was an instructor there and I love taking his classes. Before COVID, I had a double class Tuesday where I would take back-to-back classes of his. And even though they were extremely tough and challenging, I always left feeling great and super encouraged because Orlando is a dang ball of sunshine. And, um, oh, he's also an actor here in LA. He's just awesome. So awesome. So in this episode, I am going to share back-to-back conversations I had with both Kelly and Orlando about Black Lives Matter. We discussed topics such as the history of African Americans in America, their own personal stories, their hope and optimism for the future, and more. Disclaimer, some of the stories are a little graphic, but they are true and need to be heard. We hope that through these discussions, we can help share information and hope. And um, if you hear some weird noises, it's because my dog is sneezing in the background. (laughs) 
so just so you know. So without further ado though, here are my conversations with Kelly and Orlando. <laughs> well, awesome. Hey, thanks for doing this. Um, I'm excited and a little anxious about it all, but um, I'm so anxious. Okay. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. <laughs> I can tell you, I woke up at like I don't know six something this morning, mm-hmm. just like doing research because, like, you know, you have all the facts in your head, but. Yeah. Like you want to just make sure like, you know, everything is accurate. And I I wanted to give you the best interview possible. Aww. And and coming from someone who's done like a ton of interviews, um, I just you know, I know how awesome it is when you interview with someone who's like prepared but then also, you know, is engaging and whatnot. So yeah. I was like, I just wanna give her the best interview Aww. possible. You're so sweet. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm anxious. Don't worry. Awesome. Okay, we can yeah. be in it together. <laughs> yeah, we are. Cool. Um, well, how about we just start and you kind of tell us a little bit about who you are and where you're from and all those goodies? Sure. Um, so my name is Kelly Um but everyone calls me Kelly. Um, I was born in St. Vincent, which is this tiny island in the Caribbean next to Barbados. Mm. But I grew up mostly um, between New York and Los Angeles. So that's a little background. Yeah. I like to call her Kelly Bean. She's still saved in my phone as Kelly Bean, like Jelly Bean. (laughs) Fun fact for people listening. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Um. And then I believe we're around the same age. Are you 37, 36, 38? You know, we, don't need to, we don't need to talk about that. Um, <laughs> I'm no, I'm, I'm 37. Okay, that's so what I thought. We're, we're pretty close. Yeah. Okay. Next month I'll be 39, so I got two years on you, girl. <laughs> um, awesome. So for those of you listening, I sent Keldeen some – kind of like the basic things that people are saying right now out of ignorance about what's going on. And um, I wanted to get her side of it and hear what her thoughts are on these comments. Oh, hello? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, perfect. Okay, cool. All right, so the first one, I feel like so many people are saying all lives matter. So I, yeah. let's, let's break that down, shall we? Yeah, um, and I hear them a lot, and I've had uh, people, you know, ask me a lot about that. Um, and it's simple. If all lives mattered, it would include black lives. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, which is what all of these protests are about, you know. Um, and I like to give people this analogy because um, I feel like it's the most clear, I hope at least. Mm-hmm. But... Um, you know, like, so let's say that you, like, someone who has a job, a roof over your head, enough money to buy groceries, you know, you're sitting next to someone who's homeless, and that homeless person says that they're hungry, and you say, I'm hungry, too. Mm. You know, it's not that they're not hungry, but that homeless person is literally starving. Right. And that's the difference. And just to clarify for anyone who needs any clarification, we're not saying that black lives are better. We're not saying that black lives are more important. 
we literally just want black lives to matter that's it okay perfect i love that (laughs) yeah i don't so to give some people a little bit of my background i did not grow up in a diverse you know area i grew up in a really small town in texas until i moved to los angeles i didn't have any black friends i didn't know anyone so like the lot of the comments that i'm getting are people i feel like who grew up that way who just don't understand right. and like it's hard like it's hard to i didn't i didn't know how to voice to them because i know where they're coming from but also i'm like i know like they need to relearn things you know they need to yeah. and so I'm glad that's a really great analogy. I'm totally going to use that. <laughs> that's really good. I'm did you come up with that yourself? Uh, yeah, I did actually. Dang, that's awesome. That's a lot of thought. No, that's Thank great. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, that's really, really good. Did you participate in any of the protests this past week or a couple weeks? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I did. Um, a few of them actually. Um, so I live in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, like literally just a couple blocks um away from hollywood and highland okay um so there's been a lot of protests in the area so uh color of change is um like another organization and uh one of their founders her uh brother was murdered by police in 2009 i believe yeah so um we had a really great peaceful protest we went to the hollywood police station we went to the cnn building and it was super organized they had i was actually impressed they had like hand sanitizer and extra masks someone like came around with like water and snacks and you know a bag for garbage and so but it was just um you know all of these protests the thing that's been really heartwarming for me is that i'm seeing all sorts of different nationalities, backgrounds, participating. And I feel like people are starting to maybe finally get it who didn't get it before, mm-hmm. you know, and their support means so much. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. That's cool. Because I feel like they show so much, like, of the scary parts of it on, on TV, of course, because that's what TV's good at. And so it's yeah. really nice to yeah. hear um, – hear about it like even people from home are like we saw on the news that like you know all this stuff and i'm like yeah. yeah like that stuff is happening but we're also seeing like you said like it's kind of encouraging to see the amount of people and the different people come together and support one another and it's it's really really nice yeah and not even just in the u.s but around the world yeah it's, it's incredible i've i've never seen anything like this and I've already heard whispers that this is like probably one of the biggest um protests going on like in history right now so we'll see how that all shapes out but um yeah it's you know in the beginning it it was it did get violent um because people were very passionate yeah sorry it's so noisy on my end if it is they're uh, building a high-rise across the street so it's lots of fun oh I don't hear anything. Yeah. Okay. You may hear helicopters on my end, though. Okay. There's some protests going on right now. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. <sighs> All right. Um, so I'm going to read another quote for everyone that was left or sent to me on Instagram. Um, and I want to kind of break that one down to you for with you as well. All right. Mm-hmm. This person says, I see it as a man murdered by a very disturbed and corrupt cop. 
I don't see color. Why does society insist it's a race issue? We had a black president, gone is black slavery, black men have the same opportunities as any other color if they choose, just like any other race. End quote. Yeah. Um, <sighs> it's a lot to break I, I down heard, Yeah, <laughs> I've heard some of those comments too from different people or, or read, you know, comments on social media. First of all, um, if this was a one-off tragedy, then sure, you could say, you know, this is about a man who was murdered by a bad cop, but it's not a one-off tragedy. It happens a lot, and it has been happening for decades. And I remember um, when I was in my teens in the late 90s, um, Abdu Diallo was standing in front of his apartment, I believe, when four cops drove by and shot him 41 times. Wow. They thought a wallet was a gun. Oh, wow. And they were acquitted the next year. And Mm. since then, you know, that's when I realized how dangerous it could be. And I always had this underlying fear that Mm. something like that could happen to my dad or my cousins or my uncles. You know, and then if you just kind of like, I mean, a simple Google search will show you all the times that it's been happening. Um, Ahmed uh, Arbery was hunted down by an ex-cop and his son recently and murdered um, Breonna Taylor. She was an EMT. She would have turned 27 yesterday. Um, She was in her home sleeping when cops went to the wrong home to serve what, well, they said it's an illegal um, no-knock warrant, mm-hmm. and they ended up killing her in her sleep. Uh, Botham John, he was murdered in his own home by an off-duty cop. Um, Eric Garner was selling cigarettes. Cops used a deadly chokehold on him. Philando uh, Castile, he was uh, pulled over <clears throat> for a routine traffic stop. He was in the car with his girlfriend, and his girlfriend's young daughter was in the back seat, and things took a terrible turn and he was shot and killed in the car um and then Tamar Rice he was 12 years old and holding a toy gun and police shot him in 2014 and then um you have Trayvon Martin uh 17 years old uh who was killed not by a cop um I, I heard he wanted to be a cop but he was acquitted and that's kind of when the Black Lives Matter movement started and there are so many more names like i couldn't even go over all of the names and they happen you know they're either recorded or they're not but they're happening and you know police are known to use excessive force on blacks at a higher rate than other races and um if you use the minneapolis police department as an example since they're kind of in the spotlight right now um, they use excessive force against blacks seven times more than whites. Wow. And blacks are also historically known to serve much longer sentences for lesser crimes. So it's what happens to what happened this time, it's not just a one off. Right. It's a pattern of behavior that's deeply rooted in the past. And to understand why things are happening, we have to understand that past. And there's a huge part of our history that's not being taught in schools or it's being sugar-coated in schools, and it's robbing people of the knowledge they need to understand 
why things are the way they are right now. Um, and if you're interested, I do have some historical events that I can share with you to kind of like highlight where all of this is coming from. Of if course. you're interested. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. So, and, and this is all like what has played into systemic racism, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so we look at the transatlantic slave trade. Um, between 1525 and 1866, uh, 12.5 million people were kidnapped from Africa and sent to the Americas through the transatlantic slave trade. Matilda McCreer was the last known survivor of the slave trade. She was kidnapped um, from West Africa and brought to Alabama in July 1860, more than 50 years after Congress had outlawed the import of enslaved labor. And just to give you perspective on that timeline, she died in 1940. Wow. She didn't die in the 1800s. The last known survivor of the slave trade died in 1940. So it's something that, like, people assume, like, oh, you know, the slave trade, get over it. It happened so long ago. It wasn't as long ago as you think it was, and it, and it lasted a very long time. Right. Um, so we move on to the Emancipation Proclamation, which was signed in 1863, but that took two years to fully enact, which is something I don't really remember learning in school. Um, but it was, you know, on June 19th, 1865 is when it was fully enacted, and that's known as Juneteenth. So a lot of Black Americans celebrate that as, like, our independence. Um, and then we fast forward to the Jim Crow laws, and that's what really really ingrained uh, this, this, you know, tradition of racism yeah. in this country. Um, so, the, you know, the Jim Crow era lasted from the 1560s to 1968. And for anyone who is unfamiliar, um, these laws were meant to marginalize African Americans by denying them the right to vote, hold jobs, get an education, other opportunities, and those who attempted to defy the Jim Crow laws were arrested, fined, thrown into jail, where they were treated as enslaved people. They were attacked, they were killed, and then we also had um, discrimination in renting and selling homes. So, for instance, in Hancock Park, you couldn't get a home if you were black. Like, that was written into the law, yeah. Um, and then there was segregation, you know, separate but not equal facilities. Schools, schools are vandalized and destroyed. Um, and then there's the Tulsa Massacre of 1921, which um, was another thing I never learned about in school, um, where white riders burned and looted over 30 blocks of an affluent black community and killed over 300 people. They literally burned wow. the community the ground and these were people that were just trying to live a better life yeah. than you know than what history was letting them um so yeah i know it's crazy so throughout this era um and you know more prevalent throughout the south bands of what uh, violent white people attacked tortured and lynched black citizens in the night burned crosses on their lawns. Nat King Cole had crosses burned on his lawn. 
Um, they bombed a church in Alabama in 1963 and killed four young girls. And then there's Emmett Hill, which you can't talk about um, the gym, you know, this whole era and not mention Emmett Hill. He was 14 years old when he was murdered in 1955 for saying bye, baby, to a white woman as he left the store. And I wanted to read to you um, a quote from the History Channel about what they did to him, and it's graphic, but this all kind of plays into the point I'm trying to make. Um, So the History Channel wrote, his assailant, uh, the white woman's husband and her brother, made Emmett carry a 75-pound cotton gin fan to the bank of the Tallahatchie River and ordered him to take off his clothes. The two men then beat him nearly to death, gouged out his eye, shot him in the head, and then threw his body tied to the cotton gin fan with barbed wire into the river. Wow. And a young kid. Yeah. Um, and earlier I mentioned lynchings. Um, over 4,700 people were lynched between 1882 and 1968 in the United States, including nearly 3,500 African Americans and roughly 1,300 whites for their associations with blacks. Um, and what a lot of people don't know is that lynching was officially classified as a hate crime this year. Like, that just happened. Um, and the KKK, you can't talk about lynching without bringing up the KKK and you know, they were very prevalent and behind countless attacks on black Americans and their white allies. The KKK should have been declared a domestic terrorist organization, but to this day, they're allowed to have rallies and consider quote unquote, very fine people by Donald Trump, who's praised by David Duke, leader of the KKK for his support. So, you know, the whole point I'm trying to make is that Racism is so deeply ingrained in the fabric of this country and the laws it has upheld that Black Americans continue to be affected. And you can change the laws, but it's a lot more difficult to change behavior that's been taught and accepted from generation to generation. And as far as like, yeah, you did have a Black president, and that was a huge step, a huge step, but it still didn't you know, it didn't eradicate racism, you know. I still get called the N-word. I've been called the N-word in Santa Monica, downtown L.A., Fairfax District, mostly by people I don't know, twice by people I did know. The first time I was in fifth grade, and this woman threw her ice cream at me and called me the N-word. Yeah. And then there's also... So there's like that overt racism and then there's also like the subtle racism, you know, seemingly harmful comments that people don't realize are incredibly offensive. Like you're nice for a black girl or you don't talk black, you know, I can literally go on and we hear those things all the time and we just kind of like politely, you know, keep our mouths closed, but it hurts, you know? So, so black and women, they, they don't have, the same opportunities we have to work a whole lot harder just to get a seat at the table and even men were told that the only reason we got there is because of the color of our skin Mm. when in fact the color of our skin is the reason we haven't been there the whole time and that's like 
what this is all about. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I remember you sharing about one of your experiences one time on Instagram when someone called you that, and I was like, yeah, I was heartbroken yeah. and also like infuriated for you. Yeah. I'm like, what yeah. is the like? I don't. I think I. I always kind of assumed, like, oh, I'm in the city. Like, it isn't as big of a problem as it would be somewhere else in the world. Right. And, like, because I, yeah, no, I don't know, exactly. you know? And so when I hear yeah. these stories, I'm just like, I, I don't I don't even have the language for it to, like, make sense. I don't, I don't understand how it's still a thing. Yeah, I know. I, and I don't understand either. And it shouldn't be because yeah. it's, uh, you know, it's 2020 like it's unfortunate we still it's honestly unfortunate that we have to have these protests you know like we should just live in a world where everything is fair and everyone's treated equally but the reality is we don't right you know yeah man (laughs) thank you for sharing with me all that information oh yeah no problem and i just wanted to say to you um you know, the one thing I do understand is that, you know, when I went to school, I wasn't taught all of the history. A lot of the history I've learned throughout the years. So I can understand, like, for instance, if you, like, coming from where you come from and, you know, I'm if I didn't learn the history, bad history in New York, I'm sure that you didn't learn that history, yeah. you know, in your schools there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So... I think, like, a way to maybe start to try to change this is to start in the schools sure. and, and teach yeah. teach the real history. Don't sugarcoat it. Don't don't just give, like, black kids, like, a couple names of heroes and, you know, and that's it and not really tell them about, you know, all the inventors and, and all the scientists and all the people that, made, you know, made huge contributions to this world, you know. There just needs to be better focus on teaching black history in school you know and black history is american history really if you think about it so we should be you know more of our story should be included in american history i agree yeah i wish you were a teacher you should go you'd be a great teacher Oh, God, no. I was <laughs> terrible. I was terrible in history because I hated remembering dates. I thought it was oh. the most annoying thing. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, thank you. I, I also want to ask you um, what, like, resources, artists, you know, activists that you love. I know you mentioned one earlier that you think um, mm-hmm. are, uh, people should check out. Yeah, um, Black Lives Matter is a great one. Um, Color of Change, that was the one I mentioned earlier. Um, NAACP, they um, do a lot of legal defense for Black Americans. Um, Cool Calm, Not Collected, uh, was founded for women of color. There's also um, Black Girl Magic, with a K. Um, But, oh, and also um, Know Your Rights Camp, founded by Colin Kaepernick. Awesome. Um, Awesome. But, you know, I would encourage people to, you know, do their research and look online and find those organizations or those people that you identify with, like where they have a mission that you can empathize with. You know, that's that's the best way to go about it. <laughs> but this is the this is the most promising 
change I've seen Great. right now. It's, it's, it's happening right now. So I, just, I hope it continues. I hope the momentum continues and that, you know, we really see the, the effects of the changes that are coming. So, awesome. yeah. yeah. Well, I can definitely say I've known you for a long time, and you're definitely a positive voice and just an all-around, like – like, you're, I always joke, like, people are like, oh, he's so sweet, you know, he gives me a toothache. Like, you would give me cavities constantly hanging out with you because you're so freaking sweet. And, um, Aww, so are you. Yeah. <laughs> and thank you so much um, for reaching out to me and, um, you know, wanting to interview me. I was like, what? Why me? Aww. But um, I, I felt really honored, so uh, thank you. I'm honored yeah. that you would do it. <laughs> I'm really happy. Um, thank you. You, you're just awesome. And um, I have to ask though, do you still listen to a lot of Muse? Yes, I love Muse. <laughs> I, I, anytime oh, you, they come on, I think of you automatically. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Um, so every time I listen to you, Everlong, I think of you. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> Fun. Man, when um, yeah. when uh, the world gets back to a normal as far as hanging out, I'd love to like meet up and. I know, right? Yeah. That would be awesome. Awesome. All right, cool. So I want to let everybody know that I'm talking to Orlando. I tell everyone that I meet when I talk about going to the gym, which is where I know Orlando from that he is the ball of sunshine at the gym and he's a ball of sunshine in real life and i'm happy to know him so hello orlando oh so kind so sweet of you thank you <laughs> hello How are you miss chrissy i'm good you know it's a little it's a little crazy out there but i'm good yeah yeah but um can you tell us a little bit about yourself like where you come from, uh, all that fun stuff? Yeah, I'm originally from Michigan. Um, been living in California for quite some time. Uh, I'm a man of many trades, many talents. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I do a lot of stuff. Yeah. I mean, instructor, uh, entertainer. And all of that great stuff. <laughs> yeah, you're an actor. I totally forgot to mention that. Duh, Christy. Yeah. Yes, I am. I am that as well. Yeah, sorry. I got a little, yeah. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Cool. Um, yeah, so I, I, I wanted to talk to you about what's kind of going on in our world right now surrounding the Black Lives Matter movement. And I know I come from a place where I don't quite have the words and the knowledge and understanding to talk about it. And so I'm trying to learn for myself about a lot of it. And I wanted to talk to some friends about it and have them speak out and share their voice with my friends and people who are listening. So that's what we're gonna do today. So first I wanna yeah. address what are your thoughts on people say all lives matter? Well, 
being a black person, a black man, a man of color, mm-hmm. and knowing that Black Lives Matter started uh, for the for a particular reason, um, it started because you know some of the world didn't we didn't feel that we mattered from the way that we've been treated, not just today and not just, you know, the police brutality, but just 400 years ago. Right. I mean, it's, a, it's been an ongoing thing for an extremely long time. So when people say all lives matter, they're absolutely 100% right. Mm-hmm. But we are not. It's like, for example, uh, somebody gave an example of, uh, you know, uh, all right, we need to save the whales. Mm-hmm. We need to save the whales. Um, and, oh, but all fish in the ocean matter. All sea creatures matter. Yeah, but the whales are becoming extinct. Mm-hmm. And if you guys keep killing them off, then we will have no more and they won't exist. So let's not. We're not going to focus on all lives matter because all the other lives are okay. Let's just say they're great. There is no, you know, they, it, they're still prominent. It's still a whole lot of other sea creatures, but the but the whales, those are the ones that are dying off. So we need to focus on those. Okay, does that sound good? Yes, that sounds good. So whales, let's save the whales. And that's the same thing with like. With, with with when people say all lives matter, I get it. But that's not the subject matter right now. Mm-hmm. The subject matter isn't all lives matter. Because when you go when you Google or when you pull up police brutality and you see all the lives that have uh, been lost through pro- police brutality or through incidents of, of racial um, uh, issues it has been mainly people of color, mm-hmm. mainly African American people, and and it and it's been going on for way too long. So when people say all lives matter, it's I understand their intent, but it's a little disrespectful when right. we're when we're talking about Black Lives Matter right now because that's you know that's the subject at hand. No, totally. I yeah. I, get, I, I feel like most people who have commented on anything I've tried to share have used that. And I'm just like, ugh, it's, it's hard, man. It's like, I just don't, I'm really bad with the words and I'm really loving these analogies that you guys are sharing with me. Cause I'm like, this helps me get a point across to these people. I'm trying to help understand what's going on more, you know? So mm-hmm. thank you, Orlando, for sharing that. Um, <laughs> Another thing that I feel like is very similar, but also a little, maybe a little deeper. Someone left a comment on my Instagram post that said, and I was talking about, you know, the uh, police shootings. And she said, I see it as a man murdered by a very disturbed and corrupt cop. I don't see color. Why does society insist this is a race issue? If we had a black, or sorry, we had a black president, gone is black slavery, and black men have the same opportunities as any other color if they choose, just like any other race. Can you speak to that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, 
Well, first, um, I'm, I'm assuming that this was a non-black person who who made this comment. Yes. And and it's almost like I, I don't I don't know what a woman feels like because I'm a man. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I can never. I can never say, I know how you feel when it's your time of the month, or I know how you feel um, in certain situations of being a female, because I am not a female. So I can, I can assume as much as I want. I can put on high heels, wear a dress, put on a wig and do all that stuff. And I still will not know because I'm not a woman. Not that I'm going to go put on high heels and a dress. But, um, but so, so it's not, it's, it's not that cut and dry. It's not that cut and dry, a corrupt cop. I mean, all someone has to do is first of all, wake up number one and open their eyes and, and actually see, um, most of the police brutality, a lot of people who are dying in the hands of police officers are black people mm-hmm. and and it is it's very is it, 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 the thing that the thing where, where african-american black people where we get so frustrated is this it's we have cell phones now and everything is being recorded mm-hmm. uh, over the last five ten years we see um an african-american black person uh, beat down or does something wrong or or and he gets arrested, he's treated differently than a white person. Like it's just valid. It's in the news. We see the guys who shoot up the churches. Most of the people who shot up churches and different in movie theaters, they've been white. Mm-hmm. And when they're arrested. They are not thrown to the ground. I have yet to see, I have not seen one that has been thrown to the ground or treated badly. They're handcuffed and walked to the car or wherever they have to go. Mm -hmm. This guy went in, and if he did it, like, it's assumed that, well, I guess he wrote a bad check or, or whatever he did. Yeah. Whatever he did, Whatever George George Floyd did, it did not have to be, it did not have to result in death. It did not have to result in cops beating him up and putting hands on him and putting a knee on his neck. They could have acted, he was already handcuffed. They could have left him in the car and just took him on to the station and then that would have been it. Mm-hmm. It's not a uh, a disturbed cop. It's a cop who feels a certain way about a certain race and no we don't know what's in his mind we don't know what's in his brain but we see the actions it's more of the actions it's all about action like if someone tells you yeah i love you okay you can say that all day but if they don't show it to you then you know you're going to think differently right so his action his actions show beyond a disturbed corrupt cop his actions show that, you know, he actually doesn't care of, of black people because he wouldn't have, he, how he left his, his neck, his knee in George Floyd's neck, knowing what the results could possibly be. And also, too, he has a history 
of this same type of behavior. And not only him, other police officers. It's so many cases that we could just run down names where it has been a white officer who has caused a black civilian to lose his life. So it's not a, uh, I don't see color and it's, and, and it is a race issue. It is definitely a race issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had a black president, but that was a that was a big stepping stone. That was a that was a big stepping stone that I'm thankful that I've I got to see in my lifetime. And yeah, everybody has a lot of opportunity, but that still doesn't mean that other people are privileged or are are not privileged because. There's been studies, and all the studies, a lot of them are coming up right now, where even jobs, when they hire people, when people send in their application, people can Google this, they can do their research, they can, it, it's all out there, and it's, and it's valid. It's not made up stories. If someone has a black-sounding name, they discard that application. Wow. If, 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 if. So it's not a, and then if we were to really open our eyes and if we were to wake up as a society and the people who either, it's a lot of people who do understand it and who do know, and then it's a lot of, it is people who aren't aware. Right. It is people who are, that's, you know, that's true. But if we were to wake up as a society, 400, 100 years ago, we have people who are 109 and 110 right now, and they lived a long life. So just think about 400 years ago, when black people, because it's very true, were brought over from Africa as slaves. So this means that the culture, the Europeans, white people who brought black people, captured black people and brought black people over, put them on a boat, handcuffed them, shackled them. Um, they had to, I mean, I'm going to paint a, a, a picture for you because it is, it's necessary. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had to use the bathroom right where they were, pee and poop right there. On the boat journey ride over, on the journey over, on the boat ride over, they had to, they had they, they had to sit in that. They had to live in that. They had bacteria infections. Some died. They threw them overboard. They came to America. Then they sold them. I'm talking about sold them. Black people just as me, my color, my skin complexion. Then they, slavery existed for a long time until it came to a period of, okay, well, you know what? They can have their freedom, but they can't drink from our same faucets. Right. They can't go to our same schools. They can't participate in the same things that we do because their skin color is different than ours. They're not worthy. They're not worth it. They they have there's so many other names, too, that, that was used, um, you know, and... So if you want to think about segregation, that we fast forwarded all the way up to segregation, that was our parents and grandparents. That was my parents. That was my grandparents. So when I look at my grandparents or my mom or my parents, that was around the corner. As if I was to walk out of my house and walk around the corner and get there that fast around the corner, that's how close behind us this was. Just because we have uh, politically established equal rights, that doesn't mean that it actually exists. Right. 
it doesn't, and it hasn't been for a long time. Mm. And every black person in the world, whether they most, 99% of black people will admit it, um, maybe 100. They can feel it. We can feel it. We can feel when, when it's, you know, because everything is energy. And people know that, you know, you feel different energies. So it's one of those things where, and I know this is a long answer, no, but it's, it's, it's one of those things where uh, um, it still exists. It just hasn't been talked about because it's very uncomfortable for a lot of people. Right. It's very uncomfortable for the world. It's very uncomfortable for different races and different cultures to realize, wow, we used to take black people, handcuff them, and put them in chains, make them work, make them go sleep in a shed, give them pig slop, rape and kill them, and beat them. And that's how we used to treat them. Okay, we don't treat them like that anymore. But in my mind, I still feel that way about black people. Right. So when someone says, oh, why does society insist it's a race issue? Because we have parents out here who are still racist. They instill it in some of their children. But the thing is, now you have a whole lot of children and a lot of people, this new generation and a lot of people are standing up even to their parents. It's all on social media where if you look on social media now, some of the parents are called, some of the kids are calling their parents out saying, no. Black people are, are just the same. We're equal. And the parents are saying, you know, horrible things right there. And they don't even know their kid is recording it. Wow. <sighs> so it's, it's not a, it's, it is a race issue. Right. And it, 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 it is about, you know, um, yeah, we have the same opportunity if we work our butts off. But at the same time, we still may not get the same opportunity as, white people or you know we we don't get the same opportunity as everybody else and it's not an excuse because it's the truth so we have to we have to work harder we have to do different things we have to you know maybe use different angles and then you know or reach the people who aren't racist reach the people who who um who see everybody as equal who do not see uh, that, oh, I'm so privileged, I'm more privileged than anyone else. Right. And, you know, so, I mean, that's, I know that's a long answer, but that that's kind of the gist of it, where, you know, it really, I, it really does exist. It's still here. It's not a, it's, it's not a corrupt cop thing. And until they wake up, until the people who feel that way wake up, they're lost. They're lost. Because yeah. You know, you can take take away the skin from every human being right now. Mm-hmm. Take away the hair and the skin. You're going to have a body that is, you're going to see red. You're going to see all the colors. You stand, take away the skin from every culture, stand them side by side, 100 people, take their hair off. Who are you going to treat differently? Everybody looks the same underneath. Have you ever, um, I don't know if this is a little off subject, have you ever been to the body exhibit? 
I, you know what? I haven't, but I know about it, yeah. and I, I want, it's something I, I did want to go to, mm. but I hope it comes back. Yeah, it's really cool. Like it reminds me of that because every like people are just like, like you don't you only see the insides of them. And I remember thinking that like when I would go, I'm like, wow, we're all exactly the same. But um, yeah, ugh, you're really like not really social about it, but you've shared on social media your stories of being pulled over out here in LA. Is that something that commonly happens to you? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, throughout my life. I mean, I can't. I, I've been pulled over a few times where my traffic light, where uh, my tail light has been out, or um, maybe I made a, a unlawful um, uh, move in the intersection or something like that, uh, turn or shift lanes or something like that. Um, but. It's been many, many times I can't count on my hand or feet Mm. that I've been pulled over because of the color of my skin. And it's just the truth. And, you know, from being, from when I first started driving, from uh, even till now, you know, and most of the time I have tint on my windows, but I have the legal tint so people can still see in the car. Mm -hmm. And I have my windows down, you know, um, and it's a, it's a, it is a scary thing to be pulled over. Like, I've been pulled over before where this was when I was younger. And, you know, I had a nice car. And it was all fancy and different things that, you know, kids do when you're a kid. Yeah. Your car look off, you know. Yeah. So it's, it's very comfortable. And I got pulled over a lot. Hmm. I got pulled over a lot because it was, it was assumed that I was a black person driving this particular car. And, it's, you know, growing up in Michigan... Um, and it's been times where they wanted to search my car where I, it was no reason to, Wow. you know, there was no reason to search my car. It, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, it's, it's not, it's a very, very, very scary thing to be pulled over today and over the last, you know, I mean, my whole life by police officers knowing what they're capable of doing and getting away with it and you know it's it's um it's a scary thing for but we shouldn't feel that way right and i i talk to i talk to people who are white i talk to asian people just here recently and they said man when i get pulled over i never i I never feel like um i am I don't, I never feel a threat. I just feel like, oh, well, what kind of ticket am I going to get? Or this and this and that. Not a feeling of like, man, I can't make the wrong move because I could possibly get shot. I got to keep my hands on the steering wheel. I have to like um, just uh, say a prayer that I make it out of this situation. Yeah. But these are the people who are supposed to protect and serve us. Right. Wow. Yeah. And it's, I, I was talking to my friend Lloyd earlier, and he was saying that, like, because I kept stressing to him, like, I don't have the words. Like, I want to understand, but I don't have the words to say, you know? And he was like, there's a disconnect between, like, my life and other people's lives. Like, I don't, like, your other friends are saying, like, I don't know that. I don't know that feeling, you know? And, um, but it's something I want to understand so I can help other people 
understand. Does that make sense? So, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know yeah. the words to say about it. Um, yeah. But like, I, it makes my heart hurt because I know you and I know what kind of person you are. You're just such a ball of sunshine. And so I'm like, why would anybody mess with Orlando? And I know that goes for, that's like everybody, you know, you shouldn't mess with every, anybody, but like, cause I know, I know you. And um, it's just hard for me to understand how anyone could be that way with you. <sighs> I don't have the words. Yeah. Well, no, that's me. Well, can, I'll just admit, the best way to describe it is this. Mm-hmm. The officer, Derek or Chavez, whatever his name was, mm-hmm. who put his knee on George, Floyd's neck for eight plus minutes. That could have been me. Right. Yeah. That could have been me. I could have went in that store. I could have went in that store. I could have did something to where they thought I did something wrong and they could have called the police and that same, those same officers could have came and it would have been the same. I would, I would have, cooperated they would have handcuffed me and whatever reason they threw him on the floor he wasn't resisting arrest we didn't see that we see video as nowhere in that video the only thing we see in the video is them putting him in a car and they start punching him and beating him yeah he got in the car properly he wasn't trying to run they pulled him out of the car and then they he had had his knee on his neck it could it could have very much well been me it could have been me in that situation where, you know, like you say this to Orlando and thank you for the amazing comments. And I feel that same about you. You're amazing. You have a, you know, I love, love coaching and, and I always enjoy when you come to class. Um, but it, it, it just, it just very well could have been me. And it's yeah. just because of the blur of my skin. Like, I can't wash off my chocolate. Mm-hmm. I can't wash off my, my skin complexion and complexion, and I don't want to. I mean, you know, growing up, it's like you 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 feel you you feel bad because of the color of your skin for how you're treated, yeah. and the way that we're raised is to be strong and to be, you know, you be strong. You're good. You're, you're tough. You're this, you're that. And we've had to be strong. It's just kind of a, it really is kind of hereditary because if you think about back in slavery, when people used to get beat with a whip, they had to be strong. My ancestors had to be strong. So it's like we go through this life having to be strong. And we have to, like, have that. So, you know, I know a lot of people, like I said, some people aren't aware. Like, you know, you, like, just coming from, you, 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 you sound like you, you're, you weren't, you were not aware mm-hmm. of an understanding, like, man, how could this really happen? Because right. you're, you're not racist, you know, you, you're, you're not a racist human being. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, I don't, I, I don't see that. I don't feel that, and I just know in my in my in my in my bones that you're not. Yeah. Um, but some people are not aware, and right. and I, 
that's something that I do understand. I understand some people aren't aware. And they're like, man, how could they be treated so different? But why, you know, um, and, it, and, it's, and it's instilled. Racism is instilled. It's, it's, it's some, the, the people who are racist, they, they put it into their kids. And then it's their kids, it's up to them to say, you know what? Right. I, I don't feel like this. I don't believe this. And it's a documentary actually on, it's either on Netflix or HBO. It's called The Children Murdered, Murdered Children of Atlanta or something like that. Okay. And it, uh, murdered, murdered, cho- Children Murder of Atlanta. Hmm. It was a time some years ago, I think it was back in the 80s, mm-hmm. where literally over, what do I want to say? It's probably like 20 kids or more who kept coming up missing during a certain period of time. Wow. And it's because, and if you watch the documentary, um, it's because they were abducted mm. and killed. And one girl, she always made it home from school. She didn't come home. They couldn't find her for six days. This was like a, a like a, 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 a 11 year old girl or something like that. Mm. She was she was black. All the kids are black. She they found her body tied to a tree, naked, dead. And this is things that it's a lot of things that have been going on like this for a very long time, and it's because of this the skin color. Mm-hmm. You, we didn't find, we didn't find any other uh, you know races that that has been done to. Uh, the way that has been done to us. Of course. Um, my friend Lloyd, he spoke in something and he said, you know, some people, you just have to get to a point in your life where you have to admit that you were just taught wrong. And I feel like you're saying something about the kids today or starting to understand that, like, they were just taught wrong. And um, yeah. I, I see that as a, a really encouraging thing to see, like, younger people starting to understand and speak up. And I think that's going to be awesome. In the future, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, like I, I tell, I tell my friends, like I grew up, the town I grew up in, there were no black people. I didn't know any, I didn't have any black friends until I moved to LA, and I, I worked with my friend at the mall, and so I don't know this world at all. Like, but my family is not racist by any means. Like my older generation family, like my great aunts, were like super racist but that ended like with my grandma like she said no way no more of that and so from that point on you know I feel like we were taught really well we just weren't really aware of everything because we weren't I didn't know anyone going through this and so this is eye-opening to me to get to hear these stories and like it's like stuff I kind of knew was there but I didn't know no you know like I didn't hear the stories because people weren't speaking out about it as much as they are now so I'm educating Mm -hmm. myself as well and learning mm-hmm. so much, and um, I think I just always been like, "Yay, people! I love everybody!" Like, ah, you know. And so, <laughs> which yep. I don't know, like, it's I I can't I can't fathom feeling that way about people in that negative way. But I know so many people do, and it hurts my heart. Like, have you been going to any of the protests? Have you have you done any of those, or have you kind of stayed inside? Uh-huh. No, I haven't. I haven't went to any of the protests. Yeah, like, I, I mean, I, it they were near me, and I kind of stepped out. Not, I 
saw it and I supported it from where I supported it from. And I'm doing my support through trying to, you know, uh, social media and Mm -hmm. different outlets. But, you know, as far as, like, the protests and everything that's going on now, I mean, throughout the years, black people have been protesting, like Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, I mean, Mm -hmm. so many other people. Um, and it's just been black people. This is a new time, a new day, a new generation, a new, like in order, change has never really happened. I'll just give you an example. There's a thing called hashtag where everybody hashtag on social media, Twitter and, um, and they, in and what Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. So, so. You have you t- you hashtag love. You hashtag other names or people, and you have millions and billions of hashtags. Mm-hmm. But if you if you hashtag like um, Brianna or or or, or um, any of the any of the cases where, um, like. I don't know if Ahmaud Arbery, I haven't looked lately, but any of uh, any of the black people who's died under the hands of police brutality where you say uh, hashtag just justice for so and so. Yeah. The hashtag been like maybe ten thousand, maybe twelve, maybe wow. fifteen, maybe eight. This is the first time like I mean, you look at George Floyd, he has over a million now. Right. Because Black people are not the only one hashtagging, supporting, uh, uh, protesting, and representing. Mm-hmm. And for this change, the actual change, not just change in a political world where on paper it says everybody is equal, but a, a real change to where we will actually start seeing it. Everybody has to get involved, not just black people out protesting. And 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 what I'm seeing right now, and what everybody is seeing, is the first thing that happened in in history, where not only all 50 states are protesting at the same time on the same subject matter, which is Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. and Justice George Floyd. Um. But across the world. Yeah. I heard it was like 13 countries or something total. Last I heard. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and, awesome. it, and it actually will take that in order for real change to happen. Mm-hmm. Instead of slapping a little, a little handcuff or a little, uh, in order for the, the cops and the people who are doing the police brutality or the white people who are killing the black people and being justified for it in order for change to come and for them not to have a slap on the wrist, it will, it takes everybody to come together for this, right? not black people. And so the protesting right now, the thing that I am, it, it, it makes, it makes me, um, it brings me a sense of hope. Mm-hmm. It 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 brings me a sense of hope that this time we will actually see real change, and you know, and people won't just get a slap on the wrist. And when they do something um, out of order like this, 
you know. Yeah. So I, I I see a lot of people protesting, and I see a lot of people who are not black protesting, and that's what, and that's that's what we need. We need that. We need the support from everybody. Like allies. Yeah. 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 I, like people from back home or just around the other country that like, see like LA on the news and they're just like, oh my God, are you so safe? Are you scared? And I'm like, I mean, yeah, it's a little scary, but also I'm like, I'm actually more hopeful than anything. I was very encouraged, like you said, to see people coming together. And even after, you know, like a protest would end, the community would come together and help each other out and clean up. And it was really encouraging to see, for sure. Yeah. So, ugh, yeah. yeah. Man, but. I mean, like, like- it's just so many people, you know, Eric, I mean, you name Eric Gardner, um, John Crawford, mm-hmm. uh, the, you know, Michael Brown. You got, you have so many people just, um, um, who so many people is just, and is just a ridiculous amount, right. you know, Brianna, Taylor, Brianna Taylor. And, 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 uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just so many, it's so many people. And like the thing that the things that that's been happening, like the okay, we have protests, we the protests going on, we have riots, um, and the looters. All those different is different categories for each one. Right. And yeah, you have people out there who were seeking opportunity, but then you also have you know, and a lot of the 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 crazy thing that I keep seeing deleted is. Um, you have a lot of police officers. For example, you have a, a lot. I, you saw a lot of people, like white people, mm-hmm. they have it on going around smashing windows yeah. of some of the buildings and walk away. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that they're the only people who are doing that, but that's called instigating and that's called setup. Right. Because if a window is open, Somebody's going to go through it. Mm-hmm. If it's closed, then the chances are maybe nobody will. And then you have you have all over the news where people just drop off a load of bricks in front of different buildings. Mm-hmm. It's no construction going on them right there. Why are you dropping off a load of So it's all these different things that have been put in place for setup. And and then you even, I mean, we see it on the, we saw it on the news where at the Grove, Non-black people were spray painting BLM, Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. and Black Lives Matter. So, but a lot of times, you know, people, it, it's like black people will have a bad rep, a bad name, or a bad image because of, uh, oh, black people are destructive, or they're this, or they're that, or they're ghetto, or they're this, or they're that. And then, you know, uh, I mean, uh, do do people see that when they look at Orlando Darrell Wilson? Do they see that, or do they see a human being wants to help make people's lives better? Yeah. You know? So I mean, it's 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 so much. It's so much, and I just encourage like, you know, people to get educated on what's going on that the people that do not know or they're not aware, and just to be compassionate and sensitive, and you know, and and just help support and say, you know what, let's, let's end racism. Let's end, um, you know, police brutality. Let's end all these things that are making America work. Do you have any, like, 
charities or activists or anyone that you follow closely that you think people should know about? No, I mean, I just, I just, I, I would just encourage people to, um, I mean, Black Lives Matter is a start. Right. You know, because I mean, I, I, I just think that that's a start right there. And, um, you know, if people want to get educated or if they want to support, um, start there. I say start there, you know, yeah. I can, you know, I can name off a list of, of uh, people and um, organizations, but I think that's really a good, a, a good solid foundation for people to, to start right there to really like dig into it and to see what it means. Right. You know, not, um, I mean, we care about every single uh, culture and race. And it's not that it's just like black lives matter. We know everybody's lives matter. Everybody's life matters but if this were to go on and continue the way that it's been then yeah we will be extinct yeah it may not seem like it we will be extinct if 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 this is okay and you know but i would say start yeah i would say start there yeah and what is your hope for like I think we may have touched on it already, but like your hope for humanity as a whole right now, like all around the world who are hearing all these things and being activists and seeing what's going on. Like, what is your hope that will come from this? Well, my, one of my number one hopes is that people that are racist will wake up mm-hmm. and have a change of heart. My, my, one of my big hopes is that I just wish that people would would just have love in their heart. Mm-hmm. I just wish that they would see people, all cultures, all races, as equal. Like we can have a different way of doing things. Like you have black people, you have white people, you have Asian people, you have Mexican, you have Indian, you have French, you have all these different cultures. They may do everything differently, but they still breathe the same air. They still bleed the same color of blood. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, my hope is that, is that we will start to love each other, like as a whole, like the people that, that were taught not to love other cultures, other races, I hope that they will have a change of heart. I hope that they will wake up. I hope that they will be enlightened and 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 realize that you are not any better than anyone else. Awesome. We're all the same. Yeah. We're all we're all human beings. We're human, you know? We're we're human. Whew. Yeah. Man. It's a heavy subject, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it is. That's why that's <laughs> a lot of people won't, won't dig into it because yeah. it's, it can be comfortable. It's, yeah. You know, people don't like to talk about this type of these type right. of things, but it it exists. It's real. It is very real. And the only yeah, the only way we will heal as a country, as a community, as a country, as a world is by talking about real issues, mm-hmm. real problems, 
not sugarcoating them and not saying, oh, this is a, 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 a disturbed cop issue or a disturbed person. No, this is a racial, racial issue. Well, how do you know that? It's obvious. Right. Let's look at the facts. You know. Yeah, and a lot of it, it, it is just facts. It's yeah. so much. It's so many. It's so many facts, mm-hmm. and you know, yeah. it's so many facts. Well, dang. Well, I'm happy to know you. I think you're awesome. No. <laughs> I, I feel like I say that a lot, but I'm like seriously. I miss Orlando. Yeah. I miss the gym. Uh, yeah, I miss the gym working out, but I just miss you. You're awesome. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for doing this with me. With me. No, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, I, I believe we're going to see change. And I, I appreciate you, you know, um, being aware but not being aware and wanting to um, use your voice and allow other people to use their voice to just spread the word and to try to share and enlighten the world and try to open up people's minds and hearts. So thank you for using your platform for – um, for doing that. I really hope that you guys got a lot from these conversations. I do realize that they're not the easiest conversations, but they are so, so very important. Please, please, please share with your friends and your family, and let's continue to spread the word more about Black Lives Matter. I'm going to include in the show notes all the awesome links that we discussed and links to Kelly's book and how you can support Kelly in Orlando and all of that goodness. So be about it. And thank you guys so, so much for listening and supporting the show and Black Lives Matter. You have an amazing, amazing day. Thank you guys so much for listening. I will see you next episode. P.S. A special thanks to MXPX for providing the music for the podcast. They are the freaking coolest. Yeah. <laughs>